I just slipped through an exam and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. Most will be familiar with the Leith flooding event which occurred in Otipoti two weeks ago. The river, which runs directly through the university campus, flooded to the extent where its banks were at risk of bursting, resulting in the evacuation of 36 nearby properties. While many students had to flee their flats for the night, others took advantage of the flow, with the university's canoe and kayak club paddling the river and one student even attempting to surf what was estimated to be a grade 4 rapid. While the flood left plenty of visible debris in its wake, such as picnic tables and shopping trolleys, there will also be an environmental aspect to the aftermath of the flooding event. Here's Professor Chris Hepburn, a professor of the University of Otago's Marine Science Department, discussing the way, how the way we treat our leith might affect the environment, especially after mass floods like this. Kia ora, how are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Good, thank you. How do these sorts of floods around the Southland and Otago region impact our surrounding coastal environments? Well, um, floods are natural events and they've been occurring forever. Um, but more recently with our um, adjustments or um, modification of um, catchment um, from you know, headwaters, um, wetlands, um, right through to perhaps some of, some of our rivers that go through urban environments, it really alters um, how floods occur. I'm not an expert in um, terrestrial and um, freshwater systems or hydrology, but um, as a marine scientist, these larger events, probably more sudden, uh, more extreme, have really quite profound impacts on the coast on coastal ecosystems. Um, so I'll go on and on. But back in the in the past, we when we had intact wetlands um, and forested catchments, they could slow the flow of water. And now we get quite sudden events, um, and they release sediment in particular, and then that damages our coastal environments. One by um, reducing light penetration into coastal environments and also smothering rocky reef ecosystems. And so that, that sediment coming down off the land occurs in these floods like this where it's carrying more out to the coastal environments than it would usually be set up to, to, to manage? Yeah, that's right. That's been happening probably for the last 100 years as we've cleared land. Um, today we are reforesting in some areas and that could be fixing some of these issues. But we have really profoundly modified our coastal environments due to these sediment loads. Sediment and mud and things like that that should be on the land have simply been released. In Otago, it's a real issue with um, catchments like the Clutha and Piety, um, and also smaller catchments like the Waikawaiti or um, Waihimo Shag River. Um, they release um, the sediment and it's really reduced, um, I guess, the productivity of our coastal ecosystems, the habitat that's provided, and also impacting on fisheries and those values that we provide. So what we do on the land and how we change and modify has a really profound impact on our coastal environment as well. The Leith is home to a range of creatures, including salmon, eels, brown trout and freshwater crays. How will these habitants cope with the recent flooding of the Leith? Well, um, again, I'll just mention that I'm not a freshwater um, scientists or, or an expert in um, how streams operate. The leaf is a bit of an unusual beast that its catchment is mainly forested and then it has a very altered lower reaches, you know, it flows through the university and, um, you know, you till those concrete walls and things, which have been modified um, recently, so just to make it a bit more natural. So generally, um, trout um, will, will be fairly okay, they're quite sensitive. Um, to many sort of pollutants and things like that. Coda, the freshwater crayfish, 
you know, some could be lost. Um, salmon, we don't really have them around anymore. Um, I was actually having a bit of a look the other day. Salmon don't tend to run anymore up, up the river. They've never lived in here. They've always been released, so it's more their spawning habitat. So that, it'll be a shock. Um, they'll recover eventually, but the leith is a little bit different to, say, some of those bigger catchments that have had profound modification of their headwaters. So um, sediment loading coming down that river, I'm not sure it's as, as, um, as big an impact as you'll see in something like the Tidy or those other bigger rivers. And that sediment that does eventually end up in the ocean, how will those, those ocean environments respond to the sediment increase? Well, Otago Harbour has been profoundly modified by the presence of um, Dunedin. Um, the inner parts of the harbour um, have a lot of fine sediments, muddy systems. Probably the old reefs that used to be there have been covered. Um, there's been a lot of land reclamation south Dunedin and a lot of um, of um, other areas in Dunedin were once estuaries, which provided a receiving environment for a lot of the sediment. So it will go into the harbour, um, add to the issue. The inner harbour does have some some values though, there are some nice reef systems, I'm not a soft sediment person like mud ecosystems, but there are some nice reef systems, so any more sediment that you put in there will damage any remaining reef ecosystems, and also more sensitive soft sediment species like things like cockles and things like that, that require um, a certain you know, grain size of, of sediment. And it's not only that sediment that's being carried in excess out to the ocean after these floods, it's also runoff from the streets, and especially in Dunedin, our environment around the streets isn't always the cleanest. How will the ocean environment respond to receiving such a bulk load of unnatural suburban runoff? Well, um, the other thing too is, is that and nutrients. So nutrients can pollute, cause eutrophication, and then shift ecosystems into anoxic, low, low oxygen environments. Um, things like uh, oil or... Um, things that have been on roads, um, different sorts of, I guess, pesticides and things like that can be absorbed by um, marine organisms, um, making them, I wouldn't eat uh, anything, probably um, it's a filter feeder in the inner harbour, mm -hmm. certainly anything in the harbour after rainfall, any rainfall events, so you'll be having things like uh, coliforms, faecal contaminants, viruses, all sorts of different things going into that, into that um, creek. So that will have that impact, but a lot of those... The inner harbour is profoundly modified now. So we're sort of, we're at the bottom of the barrel, so we can't dig too much deeper. Um, so I think impact-wise on the actual ecosystem, probably minor, because those impacts have already occurred, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you've mentioned, I know you're not a freshwater scientist, yeah. but can you talk at all about how the flooding around Aotearoa is projected, projected to change over the coming years and how that's going to impact the ocean? Not too much. I'm, um, all, all I've heard is that we'll be having more extreme events. So we'll be having more, you know, um, on the North Otago coast, I heard we got 90 mils overnight um, after about two weeks of rain. So there's more extreme events, changes obviously is, is coming. It seems like our, um, I'm pretty sure that our last month was the wettest on record, maybe for 65 years. We're going to start seeing unusual um, events, extreme events. Um, but yeah, as I say, I'm more of a underwater sort of guy and um, counting things, measuring things underwater. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No worries. That was a Radio 1 91FM podcast. But find more at r1.co.nz.